fasten your seatbelt. I'm taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Go get him, kid. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. Not a tumor at all. As if. You're going to ask me. So you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me. And my natural response could be to get offended. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week, 30 years in the making. It's the 30-something movie podcast, but, but but feeling 30. Like, we don't, I don't think we feel 50 or 60 or, we're not uh, there no. yet. We're, this would have been a great movie to have Dennis on. Yes. Yes. That's Most all I, definitely. That's all I'm going to say. I, I feel like there would have been a lot of old jokes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I believe there would have. There, there would have been. That's all right. Dennis, we love you. We do love him. Yeah. Indeed. Well, this time around, we're talking Death Becomes Her from 1992. This is a fun, quirky little movie. I'm kind of giving away my thoughts on the movie already. That's a fun, quirky little movie. Some believe, and I I would not have a hard time agreeing with it as well, some believe that this is kind of a an offshoot of Robert Zemeckis having produced the Tales from the Crypt TV series because it very much has that kind of look and feel of a extended Tales of the Crypt episode. Yes, it definitely does. And supposedly, I, I read somewhere that there were two or three different movies that came out around this time that were, were the rumor is that they were intended to be episodes of Tales from the Crypt, the TV series, but they got turned into full-length movies. This is one of them. The other one was from Dusk Till Dawn, and... Oh, there was a third one, and I'm blanking out on what it is. But yes, yeah, supposedly there were there were like three, or somewhere around three different movies that came out around this time that originally were were conceived as episodes of Tales from the Crypt, and they instead ended up becoming their own full length movies. The, this one in particular, just because it it so much feels like that TV show that I absolutely could have seen this being one of those episodes. It's very because it's all very much in the same vein as the like Tales from the Crypt creep show, like all that mm-hmm. stuff. It all it all oh, feels yeah. it all feels very much the same. That's yeah, that's interesting, especially the idea that they wanna that it was supposed to be Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. When did Tales from the Crypt run? When did it when did it stop? It was like was it like eighty nine to ninety two? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Feels right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so it was right in this time time frame. Oh no, well, it was it was longer than that. It was seven seasons. Okay. Went from eighty nine to ninety six. Oh jeez. Wow. Oh, I only thought yeah, I only thought it was a few seasons, but yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, this was definitely a cool story idea.
Yeah. So, spoiler alert, We, as we talk, we spoil freely here, so this is really your only warning. Visit our website, if you haven't already, 30podcast.com. You can leave a rating, leave a voicemail. You can become a co-executive producer via Patreon and get access to all kinds of bonus content. We do three bonus episodes a month over there, two short ones and one full-length episode. So go check that out. You get all that content by becoming a supporter at any level over there, even as low as a dollar a month would get you access to those bonus episodes. So if you are, if you want to forego, a, a, well, let's see, coffee is expensive now. So for the price of 20% of a cup of coffee, you could get bonus content every month from the <laughs> 30-something movie podcast. I don't know. I don't drink coffee, so I don't really know how much it costs, but I feel like... I feel like when, when my son, who is the coffee drinker, and he likes to drink, like, the fancy coffees, um, mm-hmm. I feel like he's plopping down $6 a pop every time he wants a coffee. Wow. Is that is that? I'm accurate? not a coffee guy. Yeah, no. I'm doing it, too. And okay. it just, when you when you say the number, it makes me twitch. But, yeah, it's, when you get the fancy stuff, I, I'm more of a black coffee drinker more often than not. But okay. there are days yeah, when I, okay. there are days when I feel... Pumpkin spicy, if you oh. will. Well, Ooh. that's now Ooh. your new nickname. Pumpkin spice. I'm going to call pumpkin you pumpkin spicy? pumpkin spicy from now on. I could live with that. Yeah. What did, what did we used to call you? It was like love, love fest. Love fest. It was love. Fest. Yeah. Pumpkin spicy love fest. Well, now we're trying to mix metaphors. I don't yeah. know. That's now okay. it's this we, is we this were, is getting real all of a sudden. Weren't, weren't you like Bo Pat last week or something? Oh yeah, we yeah, did Bopat. That wasn't yeah, you, too that was not too long ago. You were you were Bopat, the, the two Vix of the podcast. Yes. Oh, two Vix. Uh, mm-hmm. Gone too soon? Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. So I'm sorry, somebody it, put a question mark on my teleprompter. It was it was an interesting plot line. I still have to catch up. I mean, up this is great. the same. This is the same show that gave us the salamander, you know. Yeah, yes. I've got to. I've got to catch up with the. What do you call it? Greatest Gen podcast yeah. to hear because I'm. I'm just finishing Deep Space Nine, so I. I can't wait to get into the. Uh, oh, there is so much good Voyager. Stuff. Voyager. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Well, our movie tonight is Death Becomes or whatever time you're listening to this, we're recording it at night. Our movie is Death Becomes Her. It came out on the 31st of July, 1992, rated PG-13, with a runtime of one hour, 44 minutes. Directed by Robert Zemeckis, who did Back to the Future and Forrest Gump. Writers for this one were Martin Donovan and David Kep. Donovan wrote The Farmer's Daughter and Somebody is Waiting. Kep wrote Jurassic Park and Mission Impossible. Just a couple little movies here and there. Producer on this one was Robert Zemeckis and Steve Starkey. Zemeckis did Tales from the Crypt and Castaway. Starkey did Castaway and Flight. Music by Alan Silvestri, who did The Avengers and Predator. Cinematography by Dean Cundy, who did Apollo 13 and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Editor was Arthur Schmidt, who did Pirates of the Caribbean and The Last of the Mohicans. Budget for this one was 55 million, box office 149 million. Flick Metrics gives it a 63% and Cinema Score a B. Starring Meryl Streep as Madeline Ashton Menville. She was in Out of Africa and Sophie's Choice. Bruce Willis was Dr. Ernest Menville. He was in Die Hard and The Sixth Sense. Goldie Hawn was Helen Sharp. She was in Overboard and Private Benjamin. Isabella Rossellini was Liesel von Ruman. She was in Blue Velvet and Fearless. Ian Ogilvie was Chagall. He was in I, Claudius, and My Life in Ruins. 
Adam Stork played Dakota, was in Mystic Pizza and Rough Riders. Nancy Fish was Rose, she's in The Mask and Howard the Duck. Elena Reed Hall, who died in 2009, played the psychologist. She was in Follow That Bird and Cruel Intentions. Michelle Johnson played Anna. She was in Far and Away and Blame It on Rio. And Mary Ellen Trainer, who died in 2015, played Vivian Adams. She was in Die Hard and The Goonies. So a quick little uh, trivia things here, and then we'll get you the synopsis and the trailer for this one. Meryl Streep accidentally scarred Goldie Hawn's cheek with a shovel during the fight scene. So things got real. Ouch. Ouch. Whatever color of spray paint she used to fix it. This was the first film that used photorealistic human skin software. So apparently Whoa. they did a lot of, like a lot of what they did. There's a few connections to Jurassic Park in this one. One of the writers wrote Jurassic Park, but supposedly ILM was doing the effects for this one. And they were kind of using this as a test to see how realistic they could get some of their, the, the mapping that they did for, you know, skin or scales or the things like that so that they could use it for Jurassic Park. And so apparently this is one of the first times that the photorealistic skin was used in a movie. Mm. Good movie to test that on, that's uh-huh. for sure. Yeah. I mean, wow. This film won the Oscar for Best Visual Effects that year, beating out two other movies that had some great visual effects. You know, movies, no matter what you say about these movies, I think that just goes to show that any of these movies, would you guys agree that I think most movies that get nominated for an Oscar, you could say that that's a, that's a pretty good movie, or at least that's something that's something in its favor? Yeah, I think that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so the only movies that this beat for Oscar for Best Visual Effects were Batman Returns and Alien 3, oddly enough. So Alien 3 is a great mm. movie. Okay. Yep. All right. Just thought I'd leave that out there. You just you yeah. thought it was nice out. Yep. Maybe you'd leave it out. Sun's sun's out, guns out, my friends. Mm-hmm. That's extraordinary. Mm-hmm. What would you like to do next? Well, I'd like to keep keep giving you some trivia here. During the description of the plot to kill Madeline, there is a quick shot of a folder being stamped case, case closed at a desk, and also on the desk was a brain in a glass jar labeled abnormal. Brain. Really? Yeah. So what was it when you brought me the brain? It was what what did it was did it have a label or it was yeah, it was Abby. Abby normal. Yeah, Abby normal. Abby normal. You brought me an abnormal brain. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Young Frankenstein from nineteen seventy four. If you yes. have not if you have not seen that movie, Excellent. please please go see that movie. Yeah, if you haven't seen that, I'm not I'm not sure. And it's, by the way, I'm sorry, it's it's Frankenstein, young Frankenstein. During filming, Rob, uh, director Robert Zemeckis would say, hold on to your hold butts. Hold on to your butts. Yep. And so the screenwriter, David Kep worked with Zemeckis a lot and, and took that phrase and decided to use that and wrote it in as the catchphrase for Samuel L. Jackson in Jurassic Park. And I believe, peeling back the curtain, that is part of our intro. Yes, it is. It is. So See? If you've been listening to the show regularly, it's in our intro. So it's it's part of the shared universe, and I'm about to share with you how this is all a shared universe between Jurassic Park. I think last week I mentioned uh, Terminator with Miles Dyson, Forever Young, Death Becomes Her, Jurassic Park is part of the shared universe, and the 30-something movie and podcast. And the 30-something movie podcast. We are all part of the what-the-heck cinematic universe. Yep. Yep. 
It's great to be here. The WTHCU. THC, huh? It's well, it's it's one of the inactive ingredients in monomodirvinirmanimer. Well, that explains a few things. Yeah. It's it's either one of the inactive ingredients or it makes you inactive. I don't I don't know which one. But either way. So a couple of quick funny things here. So here's my whole like shared universe thing. And the reason why I also believe that we are part of this shared universe is just today I get, and I'm trying to figure out how to change this setting, one of the weather apps that I use on my phone and on my watch, for some strange reason, will constantly give me updates on tropical storms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, I live in the Midwest. <laughs> Why I don't do I, really know what a tropical storm is. Why do I need to know what tropical storm Danielle is doing or tropical storm Earl or any of the, and those are the real names of what they were so far mm. this year. Cause I know, cause I keep getting alerted every single time there is one like what I do not have a tropical coastline, much less, uh, much less many guns, which would necessitate the use of a gun rack or alerts mm-hmm. on tropical storms. What am I going to do with these alerts? But the funny thing was today, just prior to us recording this episode, I was given alert that the tropical storm Madeline had been downgraded. Oh, is it a tropical depression now? I think it's just a tropical depression now. Tropical so, depression. Did you tell it not now, Madeline? I, I hope it's. I hope it's feeling much much better. I could have. Yes, if I had the sound queued up, I'd be able to. <laughs> I did. I, I did actually pull, so I, I will I will use that. And I I did. I get the little alert, and I was like, Not now, Madeline. And I kept using that every time. Like, every time the word, name Madeline was mentioned in this movie, that's all I could think of the entire time. Mm-hmm. Little little clip from Star Trek for Not now, Madeline. All right, so here's how this is all part of a shared universe. This movie, so last week we did Forever Young. Movie starring Mel Gibson, mm-hmm. Jamie Lee Curtis, Frodo Baggins, all that stuff, and Norm from Cheers. Norm. So, so we had we had Braveheart, we had Laurie Strode, we had Frodo Baggins, and we had Norm, all in a movie together. It was it was outstanding. And in that movie, obviously the movie is called Forever Young. His girlfriend in that movie back in the forties that he thinks he loses, so that's why he gets frozen. Her name was Helen. Okay. Jamie Lee Curtis's okay. character, the one that he meets and kind of semi-falls for in 1992, her name is Claire. Okay, This movie mentions that when Helen has kind of turned her life around and has written a book and is inviting Madeline and Ernest to the book signing, the book that Helen, same name as the woman in Forever Young, mm-hmm. the name of the book that she has written is titled Forever Young. Okay. Later on, when we find out in the 37 years into the future, when we are at Ernest's funeral, it is mentioned, remember Jamie Lee Curtis's character in Forever Young was named Claire, it is mentioned Mm -hmm. that Bruce Willis's character, at some point before his funeral, he married a woman named Claire. Oh my goodness. There's the Helen connection, there's the Claire connection, there is the Forever Young connection, connection i think once you once you hit a trifecta of facts i think it's true i i i know it's true sean i think this i think there you have irrefutable evidence yeah you know what i'm saying i mean i'm not saying it's part of a grand government conspiracy but no but maybe but it could be it could be there could be 
Yeah. The truth is out there. Yeah. I wish I had the X-Files music. That would have been a good time to play that one. Yeah. The truth is out there, and I'm I'm really hoping to find it someday. Mm-hmm. But yes, that's that's all part of the death becomes her forever young Jurassic Park Terminator 230 podcast shared universe. Okay. I really can't wait for the one movie where like we all come together and fight together as a team. I think it's got much potential. Mm-hmm. Much potential. Yeah. I'm calling it justice fatigue. <laughs> yes. That's just, the way, man. Because I'm just tired. That's, that's all that is. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah. Should we fight to save the earth? I don't know. Man, uh, it sounds <laughs> I hard. I need a nap. Oh, man. I'm like, I, but I'm, I, I got stuff to do, you know? All right. In a world <laughs> where a fading actress learns of an immortality treatment, she sees it as a way to outdo her longtime rival. Here's the trailer back in just a moment don't you know that it's worth every treasure on earth to be young at heart some people will go to any length to stay young forever is that someone it's madeline ashton she was a big star in the 60s i thought she was dead oh madam you look younger every day thank you rose but madeline ashton and her old friend helen sharp I've lost men to her before. Mad Hill! Are about to go too far. A touch of magic. Drink that potion, and you'll never grow even one day older. Bottoms up. No warning. Now a warning? more they think i'm dead you are but you're not are you telling me it doesn't hurt when i do <laughs> this it doesn't hurt she's dead she's dead ernest now he's dead he's dead <laughs> ernest is dead everybody's dead you pushed me down the stairs <laughs> i'm so sweaty i don't think it's sweat honey i think you're defrosting Universal Pictures presents Meryl Streep, Bruce Willis, it's a miracle, and Gordy Hawn. Look at me, I'm soaking wet. Death becomes her. I just have to make a telephone call. So the funny thing about that trailer audio, we always talk about the music and how some of the music mm-hmm. is, is very different. From I am, it's been a while since I've seen it. I'm kind of convinced that's the music from Tales from the Crypt. Yes. It yeah, is you know, it's funny. It? Okay. I was, it sounds very, it right? Okay. And and so it's funny because in band, we're doing a medley of Danny Elfman. Oh, are you really? Music. Mm. And it starts with Tales from the Crypt. It nice. goes Tales from the Crypt, Edward Scissorhands. It's got all the greats. It's got Beetlejuice. It's oh, got nice. the theme from Edward. I already said Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. I'm sorry. Spider-Man. Oh, the yeah. the uh, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Yeah. Anyways, so yes, I am positive that that is Tales from the Crypt. And because we're playing it. But you, how coincidental you throwing, that you were talking about. 
Are you throwing any any Oingo Boingo? Am I throwing? I'm not going to throw in any Oingo Boingo, but that's oh, that's man. pretty darn good too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I and I'm I'm listening to that. And I'm like, that's that's got to be Tales of the Crypt. Like I remember watching so many of those episodes. I'm like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. unless I'm completely remembering it wrong, like that is the music from Tales from the Crypt. So that just like adds fuel to the fire for people thinking that this should be connected to Tales of the Crypt in some way. Right. So. All right, well, I've got some major moments for us. i got six major moments to kind of walk us through the plot of this one, and then after that we will dive a little bit deeper into our thoughts and opinions on this movie. We start the movie off, there's a little bit of little bit of love and betrayal here. We have Madeline is an actress who is possibly past her prime a bit. She's in a musical in which it's not going over well. Like, everybody leaving the theater is pretty much complaining about the whole thing and that she's kind of washed up and... And her heyday was quite a while ago. But one guy, one guy, Bruce Willis's character, Dr. Ernest Menville, is really enjoying the show. He, he seems to have a bit of a thing for her. And we then quickly find out here at the beginning of the movie that Madeline, the famous actress, and Goldie Hawn's character, Helen, who is, I mean, what, what, bookish? Is that what we want to call her? That's sure. pretty accurate. Yeah. yeah. And so very different people. And uh, Helen is engaged to Dr. Menville. And Dr. Menville has a little bit of a crush on Madeline. We also we learn that Helen and Madeline were, I believe, childhood friends. Like, they've known each other for years and they, in school. And uh, Helen reveals later on that, like, every boy she ever liked ended up falling for Madeline instead. And it just was kind of building up over the years where she resented her for all that. And very quickly we find out that, yeah, no, Ernest is like, no, I, I don't have a thing for her. I'm just, I'm just going to meet with her. And it's totally fine. And then we, like, fast forward real quick and suddenly there's a wedding. Uh, Dr. Menville is marrying Matt. She wants him for his plastic surgery skills, I believe, and probably okay. not, probably not a whole lot more, I would imagine. But uh, they do get married, and then we kind of, at different points in the movie, we like skip ahead seven years, and things are uh, the marriage does not go well. Enterprise uh, no. is is no. basically what we learn. And uh, as we're kind of skipping ahead here, we've got you know Helen then starts to make her comeback. We see her in the she's in a kind of a hospital situation. She's there with the psychologist, and clearly things are not going well there either because everybody freaks out when she once again brings up Madeline and her desire to kind of talk about that, but also her desire to ultimately kill Madeline and get back at her for stealing her fiancé and, and all of that. We then have Madeline kind of doing what she can to make herself younger, and she goes to this, this clinic that seems a bit off, Things seem just a tad shady at this place. You know, I, one of the things that I, I thought was funny that I didn't really catch on to until watching it this time is the one woman that has the French accent. Like, mm-hmm. as, as soon as the other guy, I think his name was Chagall, that character shows up, all of a sudden, boom, she's now got an American accent. So I, I think all of that is kind of meant to show you that this whole spa clinic place is a front for... Whatever it is that the that is it Liesel? Liesel? I was kept trying to remember how to say her name. I think it was Liesel. You know, and and whatever her dealings are, and this potion of immortality that she has. But Madeline ends up finding her fountain of youth. Ends up taking some of this potion, and is pretty much told. And I, and I love that one particular scene. It's like, and now a warning, and now a warning. Yes. Yeah. It's so funny because I'm watching it with my wife, and I said that before Meryl Streep did. I was like, oh, now there's a warning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And so she finds out you take care of yourself because this is uh, you're now immortal, basically. You're going to live forever. Mm-hmm. 
And so then we kind of get the we, we get the plot to then there's kind of a reverse plot that Helen shows up and she is looking young, she is looking beautiful and Ernest is wavering and, and wanting to go back to her. And now we've kind of got this reverse plot of now, well, Helen is going to then, they're going to do something to get Madeline out of the picture and she's got this whole plan and she runs through this whole plan of poisoning her or putting her to sleep and, and then doing away with her that way and like shoving her <laughs> down the hill in her car <laughs> that's doused in alcohol and Basically, it's a it's a Benny's Beverage Depot on wheels with all those bottles in there. And they're going to push her down the hill, and it's going to somehow it's going to look like it was an accident. And so what ends up happening is Ernest does not quite go according to plan. Ernest gets sick and tired of Madeline kind of just egging him on and just pushing his buttons, and, and she pushed one too many buttons, and he pushed her down the stairs. <laughs> yes. And then I love it because then he's on the phone with Helen and he's like, I, I did this and I did, I, I killed her. Like, I didn't mean to kill her, but I killed her. And I mean, and she's like, first of all, why are you calling me on the phone? Like the police <laughs> are going to look this up. And it, and the whole time he's on the phone with the like twisted around head, like Madeline gets up and is walking towards him. And ultimately she like, one of the first things she says is like, you pushed me down the stairs. Mm-hmm. I know you've got some of the like, like famous lines that are in the trailer. It's the Bruce Willis yelling, it's a miracle, with like the thunder and lightning in the background. And But that one I remember from the trailers, even as a kid seeing the trailers, I remember that line of, you pushed me down the stairs. Mm-hmm. Well, so ultimately, then we get to the point where, and, and you get kind of these these most iconic images from this movie is when she's got her head twisted around then Helen shows up and Madeline blasts her in the stomach with a shotgun. And you've got that very famous scene of her standing up in the fountain. Of course they think she's dead. They didn't know she had taken the potion as well. She Mm -hmm. stands up and she's got this gaping hole in her stomach where the shotgun blast got her. Okay. Then we end up with the, uh, the shovel fight between the two women and uh, Mm -hmm. reminiscent of the arena episode from star trek the original series and uh, yeah so we've got you know we've we've got the shovel fight i love that scene where she sits down on the couch and the Mm -hmm. the shovel handle kind of just like goes through the hole that's in her stomach yes yeah yeah Yeah. the the visual effects on this like i i understand why it won the oscar for visual effects because they did a great job on this they did so look at this and and realize like this is this is 1992 and this is like how they even watching it today there were not there weren't any really parts where i looked at it and i was like yeah okay that didn't age well it all looked fine yeah i was impressed with that too i was like okay you know what this works yeah yeah i think some of it was simple enough that it was definitely going to age well like they didn't try to go overboard right they just tried to keep it simple but make it look realistic Yes. And so ultimately they, after they, after they fight with each other for a little bit, they kind of realize they're, they're not going to kill each other. They're both Mm -hmm. immortal at this point, but I think they kind of both realize that they need Ernest's help and they are going to continue to need his help spray painting, basically lighting and shellacking them for the rest of their immortal lives. And so they decide, well, wait a minute, what happens if he dies? Well, we can't have that. We need to have our immortal plastic surgeon so they take him they try to get him to take the potion as well and that does not quite work out he is able to kind of get away from them we have the dramatic scene where he's climbing around on the roof of this mansion and to a point where he is hanging by his suspenders from the from the edge of the the roof up there 
and <laughs> uh, he's got the potion in his hand, and they're like, look, it, you got to drink it because if you fall, that's the only way you'll survive. You, you have to drink this. And mm-hmm. he basically, he's about to until he realizes that, well, they really just want him to serve them for the rest of all eternity. And right. he's like, nope, that's that's not really what I signed up for. So he takes it and drops the the potion. And then ultimately, we think, is about to fall to his death. And he falls and crashes through the stained glass window and ends up in the pool. And mm-hmm. the, the two people waiting there, are you going to be done soon? The Jim Morrison and his date. Yeah, yeah. And then we kind of jump ahead about 37 years, and they the ladies have not done well in trying to keep up their own appearances. Mm-hmm. They they're you know there's a difference between an artist who really knows how to work with the medium mm-hmm. and, and and someone who just is handed a can of spray paint. And so they're they're not looking so great. I mean they're doing the best they can, but they're not looking so great. But they are at the funeral. 37 years later, they are at the funeral of uh, Ernest. And we get to hear a little bit about his life and his family and all the charity work he did and all the amazing things that he just his he turned his life around and and really did all these great things for other people and for his family and, and all this other stuff. And they're sitting in the back of the funeral just laughing and you know, having a having a good time at the funeral. And then we end the movie with them fighting with each other, kind of bickering again, and they slip on a can of spray paint and basically end up in pieces. Call back to the to the stare gag from earlier. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. The two-minute hang on the tip of the high heels. Yes. <laughs> and then they are—they uh, are basically just a, a collection of arms and legs and heads and everything else at the bottom of the stairs. But do you remember where you parked the car? Do you remember where you parked the car? <laughs> and that is death becomes her. Do we have any other major moments that we uh, missed, or any? Any points of the movie we need to talk about before we get into our, our deeper thoughts? None from Pat. No, I mean, you hit all the hit all the highlights for sure. All right. It's time for some deep thoughts. And now, deep thoughts. <gasps> Not now, Madeline. All right. All right, so. Hello. Hello. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I cannot hear you. Oh. Can you hear me now? Yes. Oh, excellent. Okay. Yep. I don't know why. I We're can't... back. We're back. We've got the princess. Technical difficulties. Technical difficulties. Let's just mark that down. Fix that in post. Ah, screw it. We fix it in post. <laughs> Or we don't. We just we just right. say we just say the podcast has character and we continue on. Exactly. Damn the torpedoes. There we go. Yeah, those two. All right. So deep thoughts. The the first and foremost of the deep thoughts. Do you like this movie? With with some caveats, yes. Okay. I mean it it was fun to see it again, and I hadn't in a while. So I'll say that. I liked it. I thought it was fun. I think I remember when it came out and people talking about it and it didn't look like it appealed to me that much. And watching it this time, I'm like, okay, I can see why this didn't appeal to young Pat. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think it's definitely a comedy that if you're a little bit older, it'll fall more in your realm. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's that's what I got to say about that. Yes. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I I really enjoy a lot of the old tales from the crypt stuff, and I really enjoy the movie Creep Show. All that's and just the fact that this has that look and feel. It, it has the same flavor as those. Um, you know, I I really enjoyed this one. Where there's a few moments here or there where I was like, yeah, maybe this would have been better as like a 45 minute episode of tales from the crypt yeah like there were some times where i was like okay we, we could have like cleaned that up a little bit or shortened this up a little bit but other than that it's it's fun to watch i think part of what's fun to watch with this one is people who are not normally bruce willis has done comedy before but it's it's people who are not normally in these kind of roles like meryl streep this is not normally her kind of movie and i think that's the reason she ended up agreeing to do this movie because it was so different you know she read the script and she's like this is so different from anything else i've done it's weird it's quirky yeah sign me up um but i think it's especially after seeing a lot of what we've seen bruce willis in just in the last few years from the late 80s until now 92 has been more of the action movie kind of fair so kind of fun to see him getting back to his some of his comedy roots there too mm-hmm. so yeah overall overall i think I, I enjoy this one this was the first time i had watched it in probably close to 25 or 30 years okay yeah probably for me too yeah. it's been it had uh, it'd been a minute yeah did it all come rushing back for you guys I was like, oh, I remember this. I remember this. Or was it like, yes, no, for okay. the most part. Yeah. Yeah. There were, there were most of it. I was pretty vividly. I was like, oh yeah, I remember that part. Oh, I know what's coming up next. Nice. So, yeah. I remembered and still did loving Bruce Willis in this movie. Yes. Like he, it's just such a different role and it's just so fun. And mm-hmm. And it, it felt like he was having fun with it, too. He's like, yeah, this could be fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely, it's a movie that doesn't take itself too seriously. Right. And it's, you can tell they're having a lot of fun with it. And it's got, and there's a lot of moments where it's got, you can very much feel the kind of like Robert Zemeckis kind of sensibilities of it, too. Like there are moments where, I get some kind of like, I don't know, I get like Back to the Future vibes with a couple little scenes here and there. And it's just, you can see the fingerprints of all the people working on this movie pretty clearly. And it's it's a it's a group of people that I enjoy the movies that they've put together in the past. So I'm, the combination of all these people together is, is I'm, I'm going to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Is there a scene for you that's most memorable about this one? Like when you saw this was on the list and you knew it was coming up, is there a scene that you're like, oh, yeah, that one? I think you already mentioned one of them for me. It was the Bruce Willis, It's a Miracle with the lightning, and that that's just something you, you remember. And then the scene I think I was anticipating most, and it took a little longer for it to happen than I remembered, but when she's at the bottom of the stairs and she starts to get up and like putting herself back together, I'm sitting there going, she gets up during the phone call, right? Yeah. She mm-hmm. hadn't gotten up yet. And I was like, what? Maybe it's later. I mm-hmm. was doubting my memory, yeah. but no, that, that scene of her getting up and, and putting herself back together for sure. Yeah. 
there was so much like just excellent stuff in the movie. And like I said, for me, it's the first time I've seen it. So picking a favorite scene might be a little bit tough just because I got to go back. But I'll tell you from gro- like the image that just seems burnt in my mind is always like the hole in the body. And like, I think it's like holding the candle in it or something mm-hmm. like that. I just remember like when I think of this movie, when I knew this movie was coming up, that's the first thing I thought of was, oh yeah, now I'm going to see how that all fits in because that was such a, prominent part of all the you know ads and commercials and previews and the rest for the movie yeah i think one of the most memorable scenes for me is when is when madeline takes that shotgun blast helen takes the shotgun blast from madeline right to the stomach and just goes flying into the fountain into the pool Mm -hmm. And, and again another scene where like she's dead for a while and she's she's not getting up but then all of a sudden she's feeling much better and and she might go for a walk and uh, she gets up out of the pool, and she's got that huge hole in her stomach, and just where the the camera kind of rests, just behind her. And as she stands up, and you can see them through, like, they're framed by the hole that's in her stomach, and uh, kind of the the same as like that. You pushed me down the stairs. Line. Her line was was something like, "Ernest, look at me. I'm soaking wet." <laughs> yeah. It was definitely a fun movie. Yeah. And it just seemed like, I don't know, I I don't feel qualified to say, I know people have said this before, but it just seemed like everyone was having fun with their characters. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a fun movie. Like, it just is, the characters are fun, the the music is fun. Everything has kind of got this, like, it, it is Tales from the Crypt. It's a kind of creepy, playful funny quirky vibe to it and i think that's what helps that and the amazing visual effects that they did kind of help this to be a a fairly timeless movie like i i look at this there are some movies we watch and i look at it i go oh that's very 80s or oh that's very 90s right i look at this one i'm like well that could you could probably make that one today and you'd be totally fine Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right agreed was there anything that you would remove from this movie? Is there anything that was distracting or superfluous or anything like that that you're like, yeah, that didn't quite fit or I'd, I'd take that out if I was the editor or. Nothing hmm. that I've got. No, I was actually going to say I'm, I'm very rarely am I the guy who says make the movie longer, but because of the style of this movie and because of, what you're what you're going for here you might actually want to linger on those those celebrity cameos a little longer like hold on jim morrison one more second for it to click into people uh-huh yeah james dean same thing the elvis one you got but that's because they held it a little longer they had a little interaction right. with it it wasn't just a quick look away yeah mm-hmm. uh, and well elvis is dressed like elvis so it's right. a thing yes. you know, right. that one's always or, gonna be a little more obvious Right, and maybe throw in a couple more, you know? Because yeah. right. I thought that, like, the the world-building of that concept that there are tons of these people who have taken this this potion and that's why they had to disappear early, you know? Like, the, the, the story of that is worth exploring a little, I think. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And I think that's probably where the 
television show that didn't go anywhere would have gone if given a chance. Okay. All right. I, do we have anything else you guys want to say about this one before we jump into our three questions? I don't think so. Fun, quirky, weird little movie. Indeed. Yes. If you yes. And, if, and if you enjoy the style of Tales from the Crypt, Creep Show, that kind of stuff, you definitely need to go check this movie out. If you've only ever seen action star Bruce Willis, you need to go watch this movie. Mm-hmm. Agreed. If you've only ever seen dramatic actress Meryl Streep, you need to go watch this movie. Yes. Gentlemen, it is time for three questions. He asks each traveler five questions. Three questions. Three questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. All right, three questions. Question number one, what is your favorite movie from the list of the best visual effects Oscar winners. This was hard, my friend. Uh-huh. This was a really, really hard question. I know what my obvious answers should be. Right. But mm-hmm. I, I, I'm actually going to skip those and go for a different one. Oh, look at you going with the deep cuts. So my obvious answers should be Star Wars, Jurassic Park, you know, those. Mm-hmm. And, and they they are Dune, Independence amazing. Day, Lord of the Rings, yep. you know that stuff. And they are absolutely amazing. But I'm going to go because those are the obvious answer. I'm going to go with one that is also one of my favorite movies, and I think is a visually striking and beautiful movie. It is What Dreams May Come with Robin Williams. I really really enjoy that movie, and I really enjoy the visuals of that movie. And I think they did a great job trying to portray what the afterlife looks like or, or what they, what the creators of the movie believe the afterlife would look like. It is in just the scenes where entire scenery is because it's based on his imagination. It's made out of paint. Like he has painted it with his imagination and it just, yeah, Mm -hmm. it's just a a visually striking movie. So I'm going to go with what dreams may come. Nice. Well played, sir. What have you guys got? Oh, you go ahead first, man. Well, I think I, I rattled off my list with, you know, Star Wars, Independence Day, Lord of the Rings. Was Lord of the Dune. Rings an Oh. Was Lord of the Rings an effects award winner? Yeah. One of the trilogy won. A was, couple uh, the okay. other, I think all three were nominated, but only one of the three won. Uh, oh, all all three won. Oh, well, see, he shows you what oh, I know. Geez. Yeah, they won, I, that's, they won the 2001, 2002, and 2003 Academy Awards. See, and here's the thing. I I went through the list, but I went I went through the list multiple times, but I just went cross-eyed going through the list because it was, wow. All right. I, I have the one I think you might pick, Pat, but I'm not sure, so I'm curious. What, what am I picking, John? What am I picking? I, my guess for the one that you might have picked would have been The Matrix. 
Yeah, you know what? I, I think I got to go Matrix. I think you're right because here's okay. the thing. You know, I'm, I'm thinking through the list and it's like, okay, I should pick Star Wars. Star Wars, epic part of my life. But, and everyone before all the Star Wars fans out there like go crazy when I say this statement, I don't remember being wowed by the visuals of Star Wars because I was so young when it came out. Right. That's just kind of what I expected. Right. So I'm trying to get within the spirit of the question. Not that the Star Wars visuals, I'm going to, here's my retraction. Here's my backstep Star Wars nation. Not because the visuals weren't wow oriented, like not because it wasn't amazing, but just because it was kind of like, that's what I grew up with. So I didn't know that this was something amazing. It was just, was always there. Like Indiana Jones, man, I love Indiana. I wanted to be Indiana Jones. But I don't know if it was the visuals that locked me in only or if it was the whole story. Do you know what I'm saying? So I, I went through these movies and there would be no way. I would have rejected the question if I didn't go with, okay, what was it where the visuals really, wow. And now it's funny because I totally forgot that or missed when I was reading it that Lord of the Rings was on there. So Lord of the Rings, that's going to make me think because the fact of they brought Middle Earth to life, right? And now I'm thinking it was like almost 20 years. It was 20 years ago when they did this. Yeah. Like, holy buckets, I can't believe that that movie is that old and it still holds up. It's still amazing. But I, I, I got to go with my, just that gut reaction of the Matrix is when that, when I first saw that, that was like, wow, this is something different. This is cool. And not just the visual effects, but the whole visual affect of the movie was, was pretty awesome. So yeah, John, I think you, I think you hit the nail on the head there. I think I got to go with with the matrix. Nice. Bo, did you say yours? Yeah. What'd you say? I went with the Dune. Oh, Dune. Yeah. yeah. Independence day. That. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. You had your that you had, trifecta. You had, you had a grouping. Yes. Okay. Nice right. grouping. Question number two. I'll always be a sucker for Dune in any incarnation. It's yeah. Something else. Yeah. I have a I have a friend that I met and actually I meet up with him every year at C2E2 in Chicago. They have a podcast that they do. In fact, I think he and I were inspired by the same podcast. I used to listen to a podcast called Geek Out Loud and that's kind of what got us inspired to start podcasts. His podcast I believe is called Dunecast. Oh nice. Oh. It's it's everything and he is absolutely crazy about dune like he, he's talking about it all the time he at c2e2 he found a booth where they were like selling replicas of some of the weapons from the movie and he's seen the movies read the books i don't know how many times and so if you're if you're looking for a, a podcast i think it's called dune cast nice i think what is always like drawn me to dune is in some strange way my brain thinks that is more likely what is going to happen when we actually get to the stars, mm-hmm. it's going to mm-hmm. be weird crap like that. <laughs> yeah. Big space sandworms. Yeah. He- That's where you think we're what we have to look forward to. Yeah. I just think that is more realistic than a lot of other portrayals for whatever reason. I think just because if we find stuff out there, it is going to be weird. <laughs> mm-hmm. Set. You, you've been to Saturn. I've been to Saturn. Sandworms. You hate them, right? Hate them, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. 
weird stuff yep. awaits us. Along those lines, question number two, who is your favorite immortal character in a movie or TV show? I kept trying Duncan to Duncan McCloud. Oh, see that I was, uh, I was trying to come up I with wondered something. if someone was gonna go Highlander. I, I was thinking about it. Yeah, I gotta go with it. Okay. I gotta go with it. Who did you have, John? Well, I could have gone with, if you remember, I, I revealed what my Halloween costume was going to be this year a few episodes ago when we talked about Zardoz. Yes. Yeah, I could have gone with that because there's eternal characters in that. I thought about Highlander. Part of me thought about, yeah, see, this is where I got got myself a little stuck as I was kind of working through the different options. The one that I might go with just because I can rewatch those movies over and over and over again and the, the comedy just the, the entire two movies themselves, it never fails to make me just laugh out loud. I might have to go with Deadpool. Oh. Okay. Because those movies are so much fun. Mm-hmm. Part of me was like, oh, do I do Dracula? Dracula's a great option. Do I do... You got all kinds of great options with the immortal stuff, and I, I thought of going the route of Highlander, you know, and stuff like that, and I was like, yeah... I don't know. I love the Deadpool movies. They're fun. Yes, they are. So I might, go, they I, are. I might go Deadpool. I mean, I know there's a lot of other options I could have gone with. No, got to go with your gut sometimes. Lord of the Rings characters or Force Ghost Obi Wan or sure. something like that. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go uh, I'm gonna go Deadpool. Nice. I, I had to go with the classic immortal Q. Oh, there you go. Oh, good That's one. A good choice. And Dr. Manhattan. Yes. Oh, yeah. There you That's go. That's a good one. Nice. All right. And finally, question number three. If you arrived at a party and it was populated by celebrities or historical figures that should be dead, which three would you most want to meet? I had trouble narrowing it. I had, like, my first two, I was like, boom, boom, boom. I got her, boom, boom. And then my third one, I was like, hi, but who do I, I've only got one left. Who do I, who do I go, oh, you know what? I just answered that question myself. Never mind. I got it. You got it now? You all, I, you all I, good? I got it now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. My three are going to be, my favorite author is Raymond Carver, mostly short story writer, kind of the, some people refer to him as like the father of minimalist writing. Okay. But a favorite author, love his stories. Cathedral is one of his, one of my favorite books of his. Has a really good short story called A Small Good Thing. Okay. So if you're ever looking for something quick to read, his stuff is really, really good. So I'd go Raymond Carver, David Bowie, and Robin Williams. Nice. There it is, man. Those are my three. I And I figure you could have a pretty good party with those three. Oh, yeah. What about you, Bo? I had Einstein, Steve Jobs, and John F. Kennedy. Nice. Okay. I, depending on who you ask, John F. Kennedy's coming back. <laughs> I'd have to say Abraham Lincoln. Did you say Abraham Lincoln? No, Abraham Lincoln. Oh, I was hoping you said Abraham Lincoln. She'd be Abraham Lincoln. No. Abraham Lincoln. I'm not getting past that list. Beethoven. Ludwig Beethoven. Yeah. Von Beethoven. Oh, I thought you meant the dog. 
Nope, not the dog. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't want the dog dead, but right, no. if I only have three. I Ayrton Senna, the race car driver. Okay. There we go. Nice. Excellent choices. Mm. No. Maybe Jimmy Doolittle. General James Doolittle, the uh, pilot. Okay. Yeah, we'll go with that. All right. Well, we'll just we'll bring them all together and it'll be a pretty nice party. Maybe I'll have four people. Have four I'll people. just push for four. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, whenever, yeah. We, whenever we do this kind of stuff, Jeff adds categories to things. I mean, you can add a fourth person. That's fine. Yeah, I think I'm adding a fourth person. We're we're real loose on our rules and, and morals here on the podcast, so. Yeah. We... <laughs> Ascribing heavily to the rules are made to be broken. Yeah. Rules rules, and Excel cells on your spreadsheet are, ruled, are made to be broken and added to. Yes. Yes. Yes to all of the above. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's going to do it for three questions, and that's going to do it for Death Becomes Her. We are the 30-something movie podcast, and our website is 30podcast.com, where you can go to find all of our past episodes there. We have. Would you say we have a plethora of past episodes? I would say a plethora. Yes. You did, you do, do you know what a plethora is? I am thinking I I know what this means. Okay, good. I mean, I would hate for somebody to tell me that I had a plethora when they don't even know what a plethora is. <laughs> yes, have I. Yes. <laughs> I, could it be that maybe once again you are upset about Okay. So we've got coming up over the next couple of months. This is this is kind of our wrap up of September. So we are headed into October now, and October always one of my favorite months of the year because we get into the horror movies. Always have fun with that stuff. And this time in particular, we got some fun stuff coming in October. And this will be the first episode where I'm going to reveal what we got coming up for November. So if you want to get ahead and start watching some of those movies too, I'll give you our November lineup. So October. Our Patreon episode is The Last House on the Left from 1972. Our two Patreon short episodes are Airplane 2 from 82 and The Secret of Nim from 82. I've got Jeff recorded that one with me, so that'll be coming out a little bit later in October. And then our regular episodes for October are Bram Stoker's Dracula, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Army of Darkness, and the masterpiece that is Alien 3. <laughs> so that's what we got coming up in October. November... Drum roll. The Patreon for November is King of Comedy from 1982. Our Patreon shorts are Rocky Three from 82. And as long as I can get to the theater to see it, and as long as they haven't moved back the release date, Black Adam from 2022, the new one, yeah. new DC movie. So we'll try to do a Patreon short for that one. The regular episodes coming up in November are Thunderheart, Malcolm X, mm. Unforgiven, Chaplin, and a river runs through it. Okay. So we have some very, very, very nice movies that are coming up in the, over the course. Finishing the year strong. Yeah. I a lot of good stuff in October, November. Yeah. So so that's what we got coming. Are there any of those in particular that either of you are more excited for than others? <sighs> I... I really enjoy I, un, I really enjoy Unforgiven, and I haven't seen it in a while, so I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, Unforgiven. You know, anytime you get to do a western is awesome. Yeah, right. I mean, the, my obvious answer is Army of Darkness, which yes. Well, yeah, I mean that's yeah. going to be fantastic. Yes. You know, the one that I have never seen before that I'm looking forward to watching is Chaplin. 
Hmm. I, I haven't seen that either. Yeah, and there's because that's a Robert Downey Jr. one, where he plays Charlie Chaplin. Okay. Yeah, that's very good. Yeah. I like that one. Yeah, I have never seen that one before, so I'm kind of looking forward to that one. Love a river runs through it. I mean, talk about beautifully filmed movies. Mm-hmm. That's been a while since. Yeah, seen that's that one. one. I don't know. I know I've seen it. Yeah. But not as sure if I've seen the whole thing. Right. And well, and there's or seen it all the way through like and I feel like that one cuz I I feel like I'm going to I'm not 100% sure on what year. It might be next year for 93, but I feel like in my brain when I think about a river runs through it, a lot of the scenes that I think about cuz I know I've seen it. But I think when I think a river runs through it, the scenes that I'm picturing are from Legends of the Fall. That will be interesting to see. Yeah. I don't know why. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know Because I'm picturing, like, yeah, river runs through it. That's got the fly fishing. And sure. Like, but then I'm picturing this other scene, and I'm like, no, 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 that's Legends of the Fall. That's not the same movie. Like, why am I picturing that? <laughs> so I don't hmm. know. I, visually, I, maybe the, maybe like the, the VHS case had the same picture on it or similar pictures on it. Okay. Maybe that's why I mix those together sometimes. That is certainly possible. I don't know. There's I I can't explain why I think the way I think that. It's best that you don't try. It's probably better. I have no deep thoughts. Basically, that's why we have the podcast so I can pretend I have deep thoughts. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's what you got to do. Yeah. That's. That's interesting. What would you like to do next? <laughs> what would you like mm-hmm. to do next? Well, let's wrap up the podcast. That's what I'd like to do next. There you go. I was yes. gonna say sleep beckons. Yeah. All right. Well, as always, gents, thank you so much for being here. I love talking movies with you. Thank, thank you, John, John, for Great putting time. it together and yeah. All right. Everybody, be excellent to each other. If somebody offers you a potion that is glowy and kind of like stands up on its own without falling down, maybe ask for the warning first. Yes. Mm-hmm. Don't wait. And and now a warning? No. Ask, mm-hmm. ask for the warning first before you drink the potion. Yes. Just a thought. Yeah, that's... Yes. Follow-up question. All right, got to stop the, the music here for a second because I do have a follow-up question. If she had not taken that potion, <gasps> I have just added part of the cinematic universe. Uh-oh. What this, have you added, John? This, oh. What'd you do, Ray? What did you do, Ray? This is also part of the cinematic universe that is shared by the Adams family. Oh. And she's Morticia? Because, no, because oh. what if somebody didn't take the potion? What if they didn't drink the potion? Every single person that she tests this out on, she gives it to their hand. What if they ta- what if they get their hand healed and and youngified, but they never actually drink the potion? When they die, does their hand still live on? And is that how you get the thing from Adam's family? Interesting. Yes. John, you've stumbled onto something. Yes, Pinky. All right. Okay. We'll go back to the music. Okay. There it is. Okay, good. All right. Strike that. Reverse it. Hey, everybody. Be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies and don't listen to us anymore because, I don't know, we've lost our minds. All right, we'll see you back here next time.